Welcome to season three, episode four of Grace or Grit. This is a podcast intended to address difficult, controversial, and debatable issues related to the Bible and the church. I'm your host, Dave Talley. I serve as a pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Herlock, Maryland. And joining me today was supposed to be my co-host, Patrick Reed. As all of you listeners know, he's a missionary over in the Gambia in Africa. And unfortunately, he could not join us for the podcast today. Uh, he is in the capital city trying to meet with the Minister of Health today. And uh, so he's got some bureaucratic tape to uh, work through and so forth. So y'all be praying for him. I'm sure that's uh, going to be a, a challenge for him today, but y'all y'all keep him in your prayers. But I do have joining us today, uh, Miss Mrs. Sharon Finnessy. Did I pronounce your your name correctly? You did. You absolutely. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, Sharon is the executive director of Choices Pregnancy Center over in Easton, Maryland. And uh, we here at Grace Baptist Church, uh, where I minister, are sponsors and supporters of Choices. And uh, Sharon, thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to be with us today. How are you? I am doing great. And I want to thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for being a sponsor and supporters. Your church family has been with us for many years now. And I just thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome. We appreciate the ministry that you do. Um, we've had several guests over the uh, couple of years that we've been on um, online, I guess not on air, <laughs> but uh, we've had several guests on our podcast more than once. But each time we have a new guest, we always give the guests an opportunity to tell about their faith in Christ. So would you mind sharing with us about your faith in Christ and what he's done for you? Oh, my goodness. Where would I be without Christ? That's the big question. Um, yeah, I was raised in a, in a Christian family, um, actually Catholic. I went to Catholic school for 13 years. And, you know, I went to church every Sunday. We had chapel every Wednesday, confession on Saturday. And I never really knew Jesus. And I found him when I was uh, about 17 after I had had an abortion. So um, I fell into a huge pit of depression. My world kind of, you know, just spilled out of control. I was a senior in a Christian school, a Catholic school, and I had three months left, and I knew I would be kicked out. Yeah. So um, long story short, I bought into the lies that it was just a blob of tissue. There's no big deal. Um, and what I found out was that the emotional pain was even, it was so great that I just really had a hard time dealing with that. But through that, yeah. praise the Lord. God found me. My aunt actually invited me to a, a healing service at her church, and I attended. Um, I found Christ. I did an altar call right then and there, and I'm one of those people that I immediately felt um, a, bur a huge weight lifted off my shoulders, and I felt I was smiling. I, I remember like thinking, oh my gosh, I'm smiling. Um, I just hadn't huh. been joyful for a very long time. So God does work everything for his good, and I praise the Lord, and um, now I'm using that. That's my passion. When I finally told my children, my children are adults now, and I probably, I didn't even tell them until about five years ago, once I really started going public with my story, and I thought, I better tell them before yeah. 
everything else, you know, before anybody else tells them. And all of their responses, I was really, to be honest, I was afraid to tell them. And once I did, they all went the same response. Oh, my goodness. It makes it so clear why you're so passionate about helping these women. It's all coming clear, you know. And um, I just, I love on these women. I've been in their shoes. I understand where they are. And I also know how God uh, will redeem us um, and walk through every situation with us. And um, I know, as you know, miracles happen when you follow Jesus and things do fall in place. And I have many clients that say, Jesus is just bombarding me with blessings right now. There, you know, things are happening in my life and it's just so encouraging. We pray with everyone that walks in our doors and not all are Christian. I mean, we get Wiccans, we get Mormons, we get atheists, whatever. And and we're going to love on them just the same. And, um, we pray with them, we share the gospel, and we work with them to find out why they think they have to have an abortion, you know, what's leading them down that road. And, um, you know, we have uh, 87% of our girls will choose life after really talking uh-huh. it out with them. We do a lot of listening, and then we do a lot of sharing. And then once they see that baby on the screen, that's what changes their mind. So I just thank God I found Jesus when I did. And... Yeah. um and I'm just, you know, just trying to do the best I can and uh, praying for his will every day in his direction. So Amen. that's where I am today. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I just preached a message uh, this past Sunday night out of Psalm 34. God is near to the brokenhearted. And uh, your testimony certainly um, demonstrates that. You know, he said, come to me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. You'll find Amen. rest for your soul. And that's been your experience. What a glorious yeah. truth. I get chills thinking about how God allows people to go through things like you went through then to make you more yeah. useful uh, in his hand. Yeah. And it's incredible. That's right. Amen for that. Yes. Thank you for that. So today's episode, uh, no surprise uh, after hearing that testimony is entitled God's Love for the Unborn. And I was doing a little uh, research yesterday. I really can't call it research. It was some refresher reading of a short little article, uh, a little piece from gotquestions.org. That's always my starting buck for whatever I'm going to study. They're they're very good at giving a concise um, synopsis of of a biblical perspective on issues. So I just went to gotquestions.org and typed in the word abortion. And as I was reading the article, uh, I came across Exodus 21, 22 through 25. Um, and I want to read this um, because there's such power in these words. It's amazing, these books that are so old, and yet they're so mm-hmm. current in their application. Yeah. And Moses has given the law to his people. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm The one who hit her shall surely be fined as the woman's husband shall impose on him and he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So Moses's law was really clear. The loss of an unborn child as a result of violence in that day, in that setting, was a capital crime, punishable by death for the one who was responsible. 
And uh, he said that the death of an unborn child would, would have to be paid for with, you know, life, life for life. So if, if the child right. didn't die, but was injured in some way, obviously he implied that the same injury would be executed on the guilty party, which uh, my point is not the death penalty. My point is that, that, that Moses valued the life of that unborn child. And uh, I just want to take a little rabbit trail here and say, I'm so grateful that we live in the age of grace where we have a better arrangement than eye for eye and tooth for tooth and hand for hand. Uh, we live yeah. in a time of God's grace where uh, he is ready, willing, and able to forgive all who come to him uh, with a repentant heart and sorrowful and apologetic for their, for their uh, crimes against him. Uh, he, he's a God of great grace. But the lesson I get from that, of course, is, um, is that the baby still in the womb was considered you know, equal to the, to the life of an adult. So again, I'm not using that scripture to discuss punitive laws in our context, although I'm sure that would be a great discussion to have, but just to point out that under the law of Moses, an unborn child had equal rights with all other people. That's right. Um, It's, yeah, it's, it's a biblical analogical conviction of mine that Mm -hmm. not only does life begin at conception, but the unalienable human rights uh, of the conceived child are full and immediate. And so in a land here, the United States, where those rights have been taken away through Roe versus Wade, yeah. uh, I'm so glad that there are groups and organizations such as Choices there in Easton who are out there trying to protect the lives of the unborn and help and assist the parents of the unborn as well. So Sharon, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved in the pro-life effort. You already shared quite a bit there with your testimony, but um, is, is the choices organization there? Was that the first place where you got involved with the pro-life effort? No, it it wasn't. Um, I, I mean, I had been pro-life, you know, passionately pro-life secretly because um, you know, of my past and I right. knew the truth. I knew what it did to women. So when my kids were little, um, I, I homeschooled. So I would pack them all up and we would do the march every year. Mm-hmm. And we would go down to D.C. and we would march. And, you know, I would I tried to raise my children to know that, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. He's always on task. You know, every baby, no matter how it gets here, is still valuable and part of God's purpose. But you know how God has it. He had, you know, he had a plan. Imagine that. And I was actually an HR director at Annapolis Area Christian School for, you know, like 15 years. And um, I left there and my daughter and I started an event planning company. And because uh, not only in a small Christian school, you know that you do a little bit of everything. And I was, you know, we had a big capital uh, fund that we had to raise money. We were building a high school. They were growing. So I started helping with development and I worked with the development office for a few years. And then um, my daughter was like, let's do something on the side to raise money, to give back. So we started doing events to give back to other different organizations like hospice or um, uh, tunnel for towers. And then we hooked up with special Olympics. Well, in the meantime, my good girlfriend, Pam Palumbo, who's the director in Annapolis, had hired me to do her 30th anniversary banquet. And she said, you have to take my volunteer class if you're going to do this. And I'm like, Pam, I know what you do. You know, she's like, you really until you take my class. 
So it was a 30-hour volunteer training class, but I did it. And once I went through the class, I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to get more involved. And um, I went through her training to be a counselor. And um, she also made me, I went through the abortion recovery study before I could be a counselor. And um, I was very happy volunteering for her. But then Easton needed a director. And, you know, I had only been really actively counseling for like a year when they called Pam and Pam said, Cher, I think you need to throw your, your, your name in the hat. And I was like, no, but you know what? I'm an HR director in the past. I have a good sense about people. I will find them somebody. <laughs> so I kept finding people right. and they kept saying, well, it didn't work out. And then finally they called me and they said, just come in and let's just talk about this. So I did. And, you know, here I am. And I was really struggling. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm just not ready for this. I'm not capable of being a director. I'm starting if they were starting to be a medical clinic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I I just don't think I can do this. And then um, I started praying and Pam reminded me, hey, if God's calling you to this, he's going to give you what you need and he'll send people to make it happen. You're going to have to trust in your faith right now. As long as your faith. I was like, oh man, you know, so I prayed about it, and here I am. I did it, and uh, I haven't looked back. And she was absolutely right. God just brought the right people at the right time, and everything I needed, he supplied, and um, financially as well as people. And it's a true testimony. This is God's ministry. I don't worry. Everything he says before us, it comes into fruition. I mean, you want to watch God work up front and close and watch miracles happen. This is the place to be because we can't even deny it. I mean, during COVID, we raised more money than we ever did. We bought our new office, our medical building during COVID. Um, And we can't even, I can't take the credit. I sent out postcards and we just prayed and fasted. And um, he made it happen. Yeah. And it, now we're the mobile unit. You know, we have a mobile unit now and we and we did the same thing. So it's just amazing to watch God work here. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and we are surprised and uh, thrilled when God intervenes in our lives and does great things and blesses us, makes us, makes us a success. Uh, it, it, it truly inspires us, but it, at the same time, it shouldn't surprise us at all. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the story of, of Abraham and, and Sarah and Hagar. I mean, Abraham's the father of the faithful, right? He's presented as, as the example of faith. And all of us who have faith in, in God through his son, Jesus Christ, we have the same faith that Abraham had. But in that story, you know, Hagar really ends up an abandoned woman with an unwanted child. Uh, now he was not—he was not a baby anymore. He was uh, already beginning to grow up. But the fact that God intervened twice in her life to protect her and to provide for her shows the heart of God for uh, people who are in a, a low place and don't know where to turn, and uh, right. you know have given up. Uh, Hagar had laid her son down under a bush and, and went far enough away that she wouldn't have to watch him die. So she had given up on him, but God had not given up on him. And uh, so it shouldn't surprise us. I admit it does. He does great things. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I'm so surprised. 
but he does it over and over again, and he has been, and he's faithful. So we we truly, if we had the faith of Elijah, we should expect it, right? We should just be like, hey, yeah. wait to see what happens here. It's going to happen. I know. Yeah, our flesh kicks in now, you know. Yes, but as does. God did, Dave, I, it was like I had the experience of being a human resource director. I had the experience of raising money and putting on events. And that's all part of this ministry. So God had a plan. He was grooming me for this even 20 years ago. So I always look at this like, okay, God, you, you've been planning for me to be here. It, you know, it's yeah. kind of cool, you know? Yeah, no accidents. So I didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, listen, uh, I've got some questions I want to get into here, but I wanted to let you know that my wife has joined the podcast. I invited her, but then she didn't have Wi-Fi either. So Hi, Sharon, this is my wife, Tanya. Tanya, this is Sharon. Hello. Well, hello. <laughs> Good to hear your voice. Yeah, she is. She is my uh, better half and partner in ministry. I, I uh, don't know what in the world I would do without her. And, and I am uh, not just being nice. I, I tell people, and this is the truth. We took spiritual gift tests one time and she got, she uh, registered high with the gift of being a pastor. And I registered low <laughs> as having the gift of being a pastor. So I, I lean on her quite heavily. <laughs> That's wonderful. See, God yeah. knew what you did. That's yep. right. He, he's, he has tied us inextricably together. So <laughs> That's wonderful. All right. Yeah. So what's uh, some questions here? What's the situation in our nation, in our community right now? I just saw in a Fox News article um, concerning Roe versus Wade, I guess the anniversary was just last month yeah. of Roe versus Wade, that we've had an estimated 62 million abortions in our country since 1973. And that actually, yeah. it affects me emotionally because I was born in 74. So mm -hmm. legally, my mother could have terminated my life before I ever got to see the light of day. Um, okay. Does this number 62 million, does that match the statistics you're aware of? Yes. Yes, it uh, does. I mean, we're and that that's in that's, just the United States. You know that, right? That's right. just here in our country. Right. It's um, I mean, it's one. It's like one. Last time I looked, it was like 1.5 billion worldwide. I mean, oh, that my. is that's a, a. I mean, that's a a lot of people. Yeah. And when I hear that, um, I know there's a lot of hurting women out there. That's my first yes. response. Is and there's a lot of hurting women sitting in our pews at church, at yeah. our workplace, in our homes. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I've had mm -hmm. them come to me with those scars, uh, ladies and their, their family members, you know, saying years and years ago, you know, I made this decision and I just can't get over it. I can't get away from it. And uh, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's such a relief to be able to tell them, you know, hey, there is no sin that God won't forgive. And uh, and to give them that that hope and that peace and comfort um, is a, is a so, wonderful aspect of ministry. Um, choices. We do an abortion recovery Bible study. It's one of my uh -huh. favorite parts of ministry. Um, I just finished one right before Christmas, and now Carrie, my client service manager, is starting another class uh, in a couple of weeks. And that is one where you can watch the layers being peeled back. And we have a lot of older women that come have been married for 40 years and say, my husband, I never told him 
Nobody knows, you know, and I'm living with this guilt and shame. And I mean, strong Christian people, you know, yeah. but there's just area where they're having a really hard time with, yeah. you know, turning it to the Lord. And they're like, I know the Lord forgive me, but I can't forgive myself. And right. that I hear, I can't tell you how much I hear that. But our Bible study is just amazing. If you have any women, that's how we can partner, Pastor Dave. If you want to sure. send us those women, it's confidential. They're small, intimate groups. They don't have to share their story, but they always end up want, because yeah. they start feeling comfortable and they hear our testimonies and they hear other people's and they realize, hey, I'm not alone and it's okay. You know, we're Christians, but let's, yeah. you know, let's get done with this once and for all. You know, God is here for us. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you know any ladies, we would love, love, love to help them. Well, they may listen to this podcast. So if they go to your website, would that be enough for them to get connected with you guys? Yep. They can email us right through the website or they or they're ha- they can call the office and they right. can ask for Sharon Terry and we would help them. Yeah. If they want to keep yeah. it confidential, they can ask for me and that would be wonderful. Right. So for the listeners, if you Google Choices Pregnancy Center, uh, it's going to pop right up there and you'll be able to find their website and all their information. Yeah, it's real easy. It's cpcshore.org, and that'll pull it right up. cpcshore.org. Or choices. Yeah, cpc. Good deal. So what's the trend? Is the number of abortions going up or down in our country right now? Okay, well, let let me explain the numbers. Okay, so there are states that I know of, there might be more now, but there are seven states that have made it. um, So you do not have to report the number of abortions that you do. And Maryland, of course, is one of them. So there's a lot of numbers missing. Okay. Mm. So if I go in and I try to find how many abortions Maryland's doing, I can't find that number. They always give, you know, the gross amount of our country. Um, so some people will say it's going down. I'm, if I'm praying that they really are going down, I mean, that is my prayer. And I think information is starting to get out there. Like I said, the power of the sonogram, you can't deny that there's a baby in there and that, you know, the heart 21 days after conception, it's a human being, it's a live baby. And, um, once they see their baby on a sonogram, they're like, oh my goodness, you know, even at eight weeks. The baby, you know, has arms and legs and it's moving all around. So, but the problem now is that the abortion pill has, um, they think, oh man, it's not surgical. It's easy. I just go to Planned Parenthood. I take a, I take a few pills in their office and that will um, kill the baby. And then the next day within 24 hours, you take another set of pills and that makes you go into early labor. So they're like, oh, it sounds so easy and you can do it in the privacy of your own home. And they'll tell you it doesn't it doesn't hurt. There's not much pain. You can take Tylenol. Well, the girls that are coming in to us having gone through this are saying it was extremely painful. And a couple of girls have hemorrhaged. Of course, they were young. They were trying to hide it from their mothers. And, um, of course, had to be taken to the hospital. So um, all that to say, now our administration, it lets you get the abortion pill by mail. So you can actually do telehealth and um, have it sent to you confidentially in the mail. Now, what bothers me is what about the aftercare? 
of the girls um, that think that they fully have had their miscarriages, abortions, and um, not everything has come out. Just like with any miscarriage, you have to be careful. You have to, you know, be checked out and they're not getting that care. And that's very serious and deadly because then you become toxic and you can actually die. So, I mean, we're, we're talking serious things here and I don't understand why it's being made to be not a big deal anymore. So I think we just don't know the numbers. I hope that people are being um, educated and that um, I do hear a lot about this is the pro-life generation. I do think young people today are being raised up more to know, hey, you know, this isn't truly a life. Um, But right now, most of our girls are like um, college age um, that are coming in. But um, so, you know, and then you have the morning after pill. And right. uh, so it's really hard to monitor, but I do pray the numbers are going down, but not enough. Let's just say that yeah. not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I understand what you're saying about the fact that when you miscarry and some people don't know now I knew because mine was very traumatic the way it uh-huh. happened. And right. the fact that I did not know what to do. And, you know, I was with a friend and so I had to immediately call my husband. And then the, the times that I had to go back, the daily times I had to go back to keep getting my blood count, you know, tested to make sure that the numbers were going down and not going up, that there was st- still stuff in there. Exactly. Um, is, was, so, was so traumatic to me because I had never, you know, I never miscarried before. But I was, exactly. I was just almost 20 weeks when I miscarried. And, um, so when that happened, you know, obviously there was a lot of the after part of it. And so there, therefore I had to go, you know, daily to get those numbers checked. And then I had to go in and have a DNC done for them to scrape everything. Um, and you know, and if I didn't, I could have died. That's right. I, I am a testament of a miscarriage that's mm-hmm. very sad to me, yep. but I didn't know. And I was young. I think I was 20, 21, maybe Dave. I don't remember how old I was, but you know, it was like 18 months after I had my daughter. So, you know, it's very important that in any situation like this, that you take the precautions. And it's a scary feeling and to be alone and you're, you're trying to hide it so nobody knows what's going on. And then, you know, having this happen to you, it is definitely, um, you know, a very emotional situation there. Yeah. And these yeah. girls are you now coming away with almost like PTSD. Seriously, yeah. they were a horrible thing. So, yeah, it's a little it's not as easy as they market it to be. Yeah. And it's right. still emotional. It's still an emotional thing, even for people who are, who are married and and have children. That's right. And now what we're finding is that because the girls, you know, they get the pills and they take them, it's by their own hand that they're taking this pill Mm -hmm. and then we'll take it and then say, oh my gosh, what have I done? I don't want to do this. Mm. And um, we also do abortion pill reversal here. And it's amazing. Hospitals don't know about it. OBGYNs don't know about it. 
We've had two successful. We've had two babies born, and our third one will be born in July. Um, Mm. The clinic has had 15 reversals. And so we're a part of the hotline. Um, I think we're the only one on the Eastern Shore in Delaware that does this right now. And if they only take the first set of pills and they don't take the second set, and it usually is best with if they change their mind within the first 24 hours, but one of our babies, um, it was 72 hours. She didn't take the second set of pills, and it was 72 hours before she could get here, um, and that baby was born fine. So, wow. Um, wow. So, I don't know about this. They, you know, if so, they have to freak out and start googling to say what can I do to, you know, reverse this. And um, but there, it, we do it with high doses of progesterone, just like if you had a high risk pre- pregnancy, you know, and you had a uh, history of miscarriages, you would take the same dose of progesterone and um, for your through your entire first trimester. And mm-hmm. it just reversed the process. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So, That's yeah, cool. there's a lot. Well, how about funding? I went on one of the uh, sites yesterday where uh, they were obviously off offering um, abortion services, I think is the way it was worded. Um, uh-huh. How about government funding? Is that, is that still, I know that was a big debate and a big, big issue. Uh, how, how much impact does government funding have on the abortion industry? Well, I think it has a, a huge, they, you know, they support um, Planned Parenthood. They fund Planned Parenthood. That's our tax dollars. Um, You know, Planned Parenthood is pretty much a government run institution and um, they can keep them. They have tons of money. They have awesome marketing. If you go to their site, you see these beautiful women, they're pregnant, they're jumping up in the air, looking like everything's happy, you know, go lucky. And really they're inviting you to come in so they can kill your child. So um, they have lots of money. Um, you know, we compete with them with Google AdWords and it's hard to beat them out because they have tons of money. We have a very limited budget, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, and I just want to give you a statistic. They say it's really, um, Planned Parenthood is more of a women's health service. Well, statistics show that 97.6 of their, um, procedures that they do are abortions and only 2.4% are non-abortion services. So that probably means they're handing out contraception and condoms and things like that. So, um, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, that's government funding. They get a lot of funding and that's keeping their doors open. Yeah. They just opened a big, you hear that down in Seaford, it's 10,000 square feet abortion and um, it's brand new. So we're hoping to get our mobile unit parked down there during surgical right. days. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just want to comment on the spiritual aspect of that. Um, you know, you read in Revelation about uh, the woman who's ready to be delivered. She's ready to have a child and the great red dragons there to devour the child as soon as it's born. And we know that's uh-huh. a prophecy concerning um, Jesus Christ and the nation of Israel and so forth. But it's a, it's a great vision of the whole attitude that Satan has. And all of this is so obviously a satanic yeah. conspiracy. It, you know, it was during the days of Moses, the Pharaoh was trying to kill the kids. During the days of Jesus's birth, Herod was killing the kids. 
and Satan hasn't changed his strategies. And uh, no, it's so I mean, frustrating and heartbreaking. Fail. Remember, say I mean, that again. They would um, give, dedicate their babies, kill them, sacrifice them to bail, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like that's what abortion is. It's just like, yeah. man, it's like a, a sacrifice, you know? So it, I know it's just so sad and disturbing when you really think about it. Yeah. But there's always good news somewhere. This is God's Amen. grace. Right. All of these babies... We're going to, yes. we're going to meet them in heaven. And I cannot wait. Uh, Jesus said, uh, you know, accept these little ones because of such is the kingdom of heaven. And I am convinced that when we get there, uh, there's going to be a, a sea of faces uh, of, of little children that um, have been sacrificed, but God has caught them up. And uh, I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. Amen. Yes. And there's, and he's right there giving grace to the women who have yes. abortions past, like me. Thank God for, like you said at the beginning, thank God for grace we have yep. today. And that's also what we do here at Choices. We're going to love them no matter, even if they do decide to abort, we do want to keep uh, involved in their life. We call them and check on them. We pray with them. You know, if they're having issues, they, they feel like it's a safe place and they, they even come back and they'll awesome. just talk to us cry to That's us awesome. and okay we can cry with them and we can rejoice when it's time to rejoice so yeah that's right well jesus said i didn't come for the righteous so amen that's awesome that's right so here's a tough question do you know what percentage of american women um will have an abortion at some point in their life is that a statistic that's available they, well the only closest one i could find was one out of five women okay will have an abortion yeah. And uh, that's just on the Guttmeyer Institute, you know, records there. Uh, but that's their prediction is one out of five. And I'll tell you why I ask that, because I came from a background and and the people meant well. And I've done it myself um, where there's this rage against the abortion industry. And, and mm -hmm. I understand what fuels that. And there's, there's certainly a place for anger at what Satan is doing in people's lives. But the realization that two out of every 10 women on average that we meet will have had an abortion at some point in their life should cause us to be in ministry. And I know you've already got this, but here in our church ministry, it should cause us to be so careful in how we address the issue. We still ought to be clear and not compromise what yeah. the truth is. But to be so compassionate and heartbroken as we address the issue, yeah. rather than full of rage and condemnation. Yes. And not, and the other, what I do here is more just um, ignoring the issue altogether. Yes. Yeah. I and don't want what, to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. So we just want to address it. Yeah. And I mean, and I talk to pastors about it and they're like, I know there's so many women in my church that have an abortion um, in their past that I can't, it would totally destroy them. And I'm like, but it's all in your approach. If you tell them right. God's waiting for you, he wants to heal you, your emotions, you know, it's all how you address it. Yes. But by not talking about it, it's like the unpardonable sin, you know, let's yes. just shove it and pretend it didn't happen. And that would tell me, well, gosh, it must be so bad. They're not even going to bring it up, you know? Yes. 
So Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. And I hope other churches will get on board and really start addressing this because there's so many women that they could be helping. And we're willing to partner in every single way that we can with our experience and, um, you know, what we know. We have um, seen many women get completely healed and set free from this. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So one abortion is too many. One abortion is too many, but at the same time, one rescued child through a prevented abortion is also uh, infinitely significant. Um, But preventing an abortion is only the beginning. And I think we've kind of addressed this indirectly already. Uh, The child that is born also has a life to live. And one of the excuses that's given um, for the need for abortion is the poor quality of life that some children are sure to have. At least that's one that I've heard many, many times. Um, what is your pregnancy pregnancy center doing? Uh, what, what's it all about? Uh, what is your mission there? Do, uh, uh, what do you guys do and orga- other organizations like yours to help pregnant mothers and their families, uh, whether that lady's, uh, whether, uh, that lady's yeah. parents or husband or boyfriend or whatever, um, not only to choose life, but also also to succeed beyond birth. And some of this you've already addressed, but is there anything more that you would want to let us know so about I, so that we can pray intelligently and, and maybe even participate and help? Yes. Um, uh, just first of all, I just want to say, you know, when people tell me that, I'm like, well, what do you call a quality of your life? Yeah. Giving them a big mansion and, you know, their own bedroom and tons of toys and a, you know, a new car, like, what is your value of life? Is that really, you know, what it's all about to, you know, make it called a valued life? So, I mean, our culture has kind of messed that up. So anyway, so when they come to us, um, we try to, number one, we um, really love having the abortion-minded uh, women come in here, but we do talk about the value of everyone's life. You know, everybody's got a purpose and, you know, they weren't a mistake. And we have clients coming and say, well, I was a mistake. My mother tells me I was a mistake all the time. I'm like, honey, you weren't a mistake, you know, um, that God has a purpose in your life. Um, but what we can do is we walk alongside of these women. We just, they just don't walk in, have an appointment. We talk to them and we hope we're like, we hope everything works out for you. Good luck to you. We walk alongside these women. They can call us day or night. I mean, we are just, we have a, a tremendous uh, volunteers and staff here that are truly dedicated. We give out our cell phones. I mean, we really do walk with them. We provide material aid. We give, um, you know, formula, food, baby items, baby clues, diapers, wipes. And if they're in the need of a um, pack and play or a swing, we really have a, an amazing network um, that we built over the 11 years here um, that we've become medical. And we've been around for 30 years, just saying this is our 30th year that Choices has been around, but we have been medical for 11 years. So our ministry has expanded immensely. So we give them material aid. We have parenting classes that we offer. We have um, we have one for men. We have the Joseph Project, which is just the men's ministry. And they, we have counselors that um, will mentor the young men. We do a boot camp in the summer trying to be proactive for middle, middle and high school boys. We do it at Camp Tacomas. And it's a weekend. And in that weekend, just having adult men, strong Christian men, pouring themselves into these boys to watch the transformation in three days is almost 
I mean, it's just amazing. We videotape the boys before and we videotape the boys after. And usually it's like, no, I really don't want to come. My mother's making me or, you know, Sheriff, you know, Johnson told me I have to come, whatever. But by the end, they're all high five and saying, I'm coming back next year. It is just an amazing, another part of our ministry. Um, but, um, you know, we really do try to handle whatever situations they have. I mean, sometimes it might be housing, you know, looking for a place for the, um, the woman to stay safe until she has the baby. Um, you know, we have networked with a lot of the resources uh, in the different counties to help find what they need. So um, we, we really try to help the mom and, you know, and the dad, the families. We really try to meet them right where they are and what they need. And if we don't have it, we don't know what to do, we will find it just because we have so many good resources that are willing to work with us. So, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for what you do. Um, it's It's such an encouragement to know that there are people who have have the know-how and the passion and the giftedness and all that that God's given you to do this. What can churches and individuals do to help you guys with your mission and to promote a cultural, a culture of life and mercy, and especially to connect with people who are most at risk of choosing abortion. And again, I know you've covered some of this, but if there's something you've left out, yeah. I know you've got a, a, a fundraising event, a clay shooting event coming up in April. Is that right? We do. We have April 2nd is a clay shoot event to, and it's really to raise money for the men's ministry and it pays for the boot camp in the summer. So we have 20 boys that can come totally for free. So if there's anybody out there that has a boy in middle school or high school that would like to come out for a weekend, call the office. The first 20 boys get to attend. And so that's April 2nd at Traders Outdoor is our clay shoot. But then we're also doing a walk for life right here in Easton. Um, we meet at Ottawa Park and we just walk the trail and we come back and we have music and games and um, a magician, just fun stuff. It's a day of awareness for the community, but we're raising money for the, as you know, through the walk as well. And, um, and that's April the, 30th, right? April 30th. Yes. Yes. And I just want to say like some practical things. Number one, of course, is always just pray for us, you mm. know, um, the enemy, we are on the front lines and the enemy does not like what we're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're always um, hitting walls and um, sometimes we do get discouraged, but um, then God will send us something and we're like, okay, this is why we do what we do. You know how it goes. So, um, so pretty, please, please just pray for us. And another um, just really easy thing to do is to talk moms and dads, talk to your children early, let them know. Babies are a gift. It's a life, um, you know, um, teaching them young at home and grandchildren. And, um, you know, if if anybody's listening in and they have an abortion in their past and you have been healed from it, please pray about um, sharing your testimony with other people. We need to have more people out there sharing that you can be healed and set free by Christ, you know. Let them know they're not alone. Let them know that it's not, you know, they're they're a terrible, horrible person. And, you know, um, and for other people that aren't really familiar with the whole abortion thing or, you know, I have tons of people that would say I would have never had an abortion. And I'm like, right. well, you know what? You are you're blessed. You're blessed that you never were in that situation. 
And, um, and then when I share my testimony, they're like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry, you know, but I, I'm just shocked that you <laughs> had it, you know, and I'm like, I know it's like, you know, pretty nice people <laughs> have had abortions in their right. life or not, you know, we're not terrible people. So I think that's really my message is just saying, you know, um, people who have had abortions, we need to give them grace and mercy and um, really pray that they can um, move on with their relationship with Christ yeah. and be healed with. So I think just really talking about it and being open and stop like shoving it under the rug and pretending it didn't happen. That's the worst thing we can do because we know that yeah. Satan gets and he messed up my mind, you know, uh, for years, you know, I can't let anybody know this because gosh, I'm a youth group leader, you know, um, I'm active in my church. What would they think? You know, and that's really yeah. sad. we be able to go to our churches and and say, listen, I had this in my past and I want to share my story. You know what I mean? We have to start um, loving on these people and extending our arms out and saying, we need you here because you're, God's going to use you, you know, instead of saying, yeah. oh, man, that's pretty bad, you know. So yeah. that's just practical things that I think if we all just do is it would make a big difference. You know, and of course, getting involved in a pregnancy center or, you know, if a young girl gets pregnant, you know, love on her, you know, sure. don't, uh, you know, start whispering behind her back, but just yeah. start loving on. Her. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we imagine, and I know I have been guilty of this. We imagine that if we can just create uh, a stigma that is heavy enough that it will prevent people from doing things that they shouldn't do. But right. that actually doesn't work. Um, the law of God certainly shows us our guilt, but it doesn't save us. Uh, it's the no. goodness of God that brings us to repentance. So, um, you know, the scriptures say those who cover their sins will not prosper, but those who confess and forsake will have mercy. And it's so obvious in the scriptures. I mean, the, the number of godly people in the Bible who had some really bad black marks on their record is pretty large, you know. Yes. Uh, so that's, it's just the reality. And if we pretend like we've never done anything or we've never done anything awful, we're deceiving ourselves, according to John. And uh, we're certainly right. not being honest with others and we limit our usefulness. So that's good. I think Abby Johnson, uh, I don't know, you guys endorsed that movie that, sh that was about her story. Yeah. Unplanned. Yes. We actually run it yes. out the Saul's Theater. It is. It's real to life. Yeah. It's her experience. Yes. It's yeah. And she's wonderful. She is on fire, man. She is. She is yeah. passionately fighting the industry. She's. I mean, she's got a lot of work going on there, um, legislative as well. You know, um, right. she's going after parenthood because she knows what goes on. So yeah, she's yeah, an amazing. And, and as far as as far as confessing your guilt, I mean, she's just laid it out there, you know, just as plain yeah. as day, the horrible things that she was involved in. Uh, yeah. But God has redeemed her story and is using her to preserve life. So, right. um, yeah. yeah, what an inspiration. Yeah. Uh, Unplanned. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, you need to watch it. Uh, you won't want to watch it. Uh, once you get started, you'll be right. like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I can take this. Yeah. Uh, just just because of the the weight of the the theme, but um, it's definitely yeah. something that's needed. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
You know, Jesus taught that when we receive and love the little ones, he counts us as if we are receiving and loving him. So that means you're surely doing a vital and essential spiritual work there at Choices. And so thank you for that. Um, Is there anything else that we've left out that you really would like to include? Goodness, let's see. Well, I would just love anybody to come in and get a tour of our beautiful facility that uh, God has given us. We're on Dutchman's. We used to be behind Walmart um, in East End. We're right across the street from the high school and the Elks. So we're right there on Dutchman's Lane, and it's beautiful, and it's paid for. And um, it was just a miracle. But anybody is welcome to come in and get a tour. And if anyone's interested in volunteering, we really could use you. We are growing. Uh, We were open Monday through Thursday. We're now open Monday through Friday. And we open one Saturday a month and Wednesday evenings. And we have, um, I'm in need of a parenting uh, class instructor and assistant. It's always good to have at least two people. But if anybody is interested in leading a class, um, we need another instructor. And we need counselors. I need office help. Just volunteers. I, I mean, and we, we're not picky. If you want to come in two hours a month, we will take it. And right. uh, we have a failing this week. We've been stuffing and folding, and it's all about the clay shoot. So that'll be going out. But um, so, yeah, it's just we could use volunteers. And there's things, social media person, if anybody's good at that, they can do that stuff at home. So, sure. yeah, anything. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope our listeners will get involved. Me too. So let's end this podcast with prayer. Um, Honey, do you want to pray for uh, Sharon and for choices? Do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Lord, I just thank you for uh, the time that we have been able to talk with Sharon and um, her ministry with choices. And Father, we know that you love children. And, um, Father, I just pray that you will be with this podcast as it goes out to, uh, the social media world that somebody will, somebody's heart will be pricked and that they will make the decision to, if they had the, if they were planning on doing and having an abortion, that you will work on their heart and that they will keep the baby. Lord, um, I am, uh, I am one who loves children and father, I thank you for that, um, desire that you've given me. And father, I just thank you for the children that I care for on a daily basis. And father, I just pray for this ministry that you will bless it. And father, that, uh, they will get the help that they need. And I just am thankful that, uh, we have a ministry that we can, um, support, uh, financially and um, in person, that um, you will just bless them, bless you know all the leaders in that ministry as well. Uh, bless our churches, help us to be able to spread this into our children and into the world. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us, and that you will give us a, a good day and a safe day. And we hasten your coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, Pastor Dave, really, for your heart in this. Um, It's really encouraging to see churches like yours that are passionately pro-life and really, I know you would love when a woman, 
you know, that has had an abortion and help the ones that are facing an unplanned pregnancy. So I am so thankful for pastors that um, that are in leadership and that are leading the way in this. So thank you. I'm truly grateful for your service as well. Oh, you're welcome. To God be the glory. Amen. I did want to say one more thing. It didn't come up, and that is, and I think it should be obvious, but who knows? Uh, somebody might not have thought thought about it. Rather than abortion, if you can't keep the child, there are options for adoption. And we've got several, we got several adopted children in our uh, congregation, and it's such a blessing. Uh, Let me say as a pastor, adoption is one of the descriptions of the entrance into the family of God. So it's a very precious arrangement. And uh, do you guys connect somehow with adoption agencies or anything like that? We do. We have uh, three agencies that we work with, um, and uh, we really let the client decide. We They can call from our office. We can't make the call for them legally. They have to call. and right. But we do. Um, we do talk about all their options, honestly, you know, abortion, parenting, and adoption. And we really do encourage that if there is no other alternative, and they really can't right. keep the child. So absolutely, we love adoption. I have a few of my volunteers um, have either received a child or have placed a child uh, with an adoption agency. So we understand both ends of that as well. So we have resources for that. Yeah. Cool. Good. I wanted to get that in there. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Well, I guess that about does it. Thank you, Tanya and Sharon, for spending time with me today. May God bless you both and your families, especially my wife's family. Really want God's blessing on her family uh, and your ministries continually. Uh, And the ladies and the men who come to the Pregnancy Center for for help and for um, resources and have questions answered and uh, not just those unborn babies, but God loves the parents too. And so uh, we, we pray for God's blessings on all of them. To our listeners, no matter what platform you are listening to this podcast on, be sure to let others know about this podcast and listen to other episodes as well. Like, share, subscribe, comment, review, etc. Like, share, 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 subscribe, and all those things. That's an easy way for you to get the word out. It costs you nothing. Uh, except maybe uh, your reputation if you're ashamed of Jesus, whatever. Uh, Anyway, God bless you all and listen again next time. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. 